Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to Be The Change, a podcast of conversations with true visionaries who are creating new paradigms for a healthier planet and society. I am your host, Christine Demick, and my work is in finding real solutions to the biggest problems we face today, climate crisis, capitalism, social injustices, and our failing health. There are amazing humans out there that have answers, and it is my mission to have their voices heard. Together, we can raise consciousness and create a just and equal society. Together, we can be the change. When my mom passed away suddenly in 2020, I was immediately plunged into a world with no safety net or guidance. The rope I chose to hold on to was gratitude. I am honored and grateful to welcome my next guest, Louis Schwartzberg, to Be The Change. With a career in film spanning 40 years now, Louis has opened our hearts with his work, inviting us to sit in awe of this remarkable thing we call life. He is renowned and revered for his work in high-end time-lapse cinematography, most notably with his moving art series on Netflix, and of course, Fantastic Fungi. His latest film, Gratitude Revealed, is an exploration of gratitude and how it is a healing sob in the most unexpected circumstances. Welcome, Louis, and congratulations on the release of this film. Thank you, Christine. It's really an honor to be with you. I would love if you could begin and, and tell us what inspired you to create a film on gratitude and say, like, why not love or hope, for instance, <laughs> and maybe share with us a little bit on what the revealed part of the title means to you. Yeah. Well, being born in Brooklyn to parents who were Holocaust survivors, growing up under their roof, I learned a lot about appreciating all the little things in life, like food on the table, a roof over your head, steady job. And in the miracle of having children, that to them was heaven on earth. So I think that kind of always made me appreciate this idea of telling stories of people who overcome adversity, but have a lot of resilience in their life. And then also the other aspect of the Holocaust experience is that you know, from ashes comes rebirth. I mean, these were people who, like my parents, they, they knew each other for two weeks when they met after the war in a relocation camp and got married and then had friends who they just met walking down the aisle to step in for their parents. So there really wasn't time for retribution. Not a single German was killed after the war for what happened yeah. because it was all about getting your life together, you know, starting life anew. That was the rush. That was the imperative. And I think that that has also been mirrored in the observations I've made observing nature. It's the same idea. It's all about life being renewed. You know, plants that struggle sometimes do better than those that are overwatered. Resilience comes from going through a little bit of stress. And I'm fascinated by that and always just wanting to encourage stories that talk about life flourishing based on connection and cooperation, nurturing and love. Yeah. And watching the film, I was able to watch it twice. Um, very lucky to do so. And I think most of the instances that, you know, you, you, when you speak with people, they've gone through some sort of trauma 
or adversity, as you mentioned. And for myself, I certainly, we hold gratitude. I think, you know, I'm grateful for a roof over my head. I was taught that, et cetera. But there was two things that really knocked me off my feet. One was about eight years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I also learned I was going to survive, that I had a breast cancer that was very treatable. And then, of course, as I mentioned, when my mom passed away suddenly and unexpectedly, you're kind of left in this like this sink or swim, right? But what I was and what was amazing and with my mom's passing, I mean, I remember I just was flushed with gratitude. Right. right? Just a, a quick note on that. It's like, look, there are things we take for granted and you don't realize it until they're gone. Your health, loved ones. During the pandemic, you know, we never thought you had to be grateful to have dinner with your friends or family. And then we learned, wow, that's a major feeling of loneliness and disconnection. Because again, you never valued it until it's gone. And so I think that being grateful for those little things enables you to just have a, a deeper connection and appreciation for life. So that's why I've, I think I'm pretty fascinated with that topic. Is it specifically because of what your parents went through that you think that your career has brought you to an exploration of gratitude? I think so. Look, we, we all have had difficulties in our lives. And so how do you pull yourself out of a negative spiral? It happens to me every week. I mean, I can think of things that bother me and uh, disappointments. And I'm aware now that I can easily feel like a victim, right? from something that's unjust or unfair, legitimately unjust and unfair. But that doesn't do you any good, mm -hmm. right? You're just hurting yourself. So now that I'm more conscious of that, how do I stop it? But one way to stop it is to think about something I, I can be grateful for, that I've got five fingers that move, I'm breathing, you know, there's something beautiful in front of me. It could be a flower, it could be an alley. It doesn't matter what it is, I can find it. And when the good energy is coming into my brain, it kind of stops the bad negative thoughts in its tracks. I can't do both at the same time. So for me, it's a way to pull myself out of a negative spiral. And was your hope with this film to help others with that? What brought you to this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the film is beautiful, you know, but it isn't just superficial beauty, right? The whole idea is that I'm trying to get people to open our hearts. And how do you do that? It has to be emotional. And so right now we're living in a very difficult time of despair and disconnection, environmental degradation, political discourse that's really bad, the pandemic. And so when all this negative energy is coming toward you, you can't just say, you know, logically or intellectually, don't think about that. Don't feel that. You know, if Donald Trump says something racist, and I'm sorry to use his name, but as an example, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's hard to not hear that. It's hard to turn your head away from like a car accident or a train wreck. So how do you do that? Well, it has to be an emotional reaction. And the emotional lure that I'm using to seduce people away from that consciousness is beauty. Because the battleground we face today is a battleground of consciousness. In other words, everyone's trying to grab your attention, social media, the news, and it's easy to grab your attention with something negative, you know, because that's fight or flight, it's survival. I point a gun at you, I'll get your attention. To get you to laugh or cry, to make you feel love, that takes skill and talent and art, right? 
But that is the antidote to that. That is the counterbalance to that. It's a different part of the brain, but it's a more difficult part of the brain to trigger. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone, if you haven't seen Louis' films, you really, <laughs> I've shared them with so many. Uh, fantastic fungi. It was life-changing. Mm-hmm. But without a doubt, whenever, and same with this, with Gratitude Revealed, you come out with such an awe. And Louis, you have such a talent of writing a, a love letter to life with your, your cinematography. That's really what I feel. I come out with such an appreciation. We first met at Summit at Sea and you were showing one of your moving art films. It was I'm Butterfly or, you know, the slow motion capture. And I probably didn't get that right. It's high-end time-lapse, right? Well, both. No, okay. but it's, it's taking audience on a journey through time and scale. So with, hum- with butterflies and hummingbirds, it's slow motion. With flowers, it's time-lapse. Yeah. But I'm showing you, you know, to appreciate life from another point of view. You know, what is it like from a flower's point of view or a hummingbird point of view? And understand that it's all valid. And yeah. that's what makes you really have this respect for the sacred thing called life. I want to support that. I'm against anything that extinguishes life, whether it's like genocide or whether it's stepping on a snail or an ant. I'm against all of it and everything in between. Yeah. And I remember, too, the film that you you featured on the boat was also just after the election of He Who Shall Not Be Named. And um, (laughs) but it does. You really have a way of capturing that. But I wonder, Louis. Have you ever encountered someone who, and I'm sure you have, I mean, what do you think it is of capturing gratitude and what did you find in your film? There has to be some people who aren't able to see it as gratitude. And it could be from uh, maybe a depression or a mental illness. Do you think everyone's capable of gratitude? And, and what about animals? Well, let's take a look at the mycelial network and fantastic fungi. Yeah. You know, the fact that there's this like incredible shared economy under the ground that enables ecosystems to flourish for a mother tree to be able to take care of its children. I think that's gratitude. They're sharing. They're doing it so they can all benefit from each other. So the idea of symbiosis and networking and nurturing, I mean, we're hardwired to do that. And I think the feminine side of nature is, is a story that's really told in these nature documentaries. I mean, I'm coming to New York. I'm honored to present David Attenborough with the Lifetime Achievement Award, and he's done amazing movies. But a lot of the BBC documentaries tend to focus on predator versus prey, Mm -hmm. on survival of the fittest, on this doggy dog struggle on life. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not valid. It does exist. But what about all the billions of interactions that occur every day between pollinators and the mycelial network that is the foundation of life on our planet. Not the top of the food chain, but really the foundation of life. That's what fascinates me, to ask the big question, to try to unveil the mystery. And it's something that we don't focus on, but also it seems to be the pathway forward. There's a system under the ground that works, that's been developed and went through R&D for a couple of million years <laughs> and we ignore it. Yeah. And that ignoring of, I believe, of what's happening, the awe that's happening around us is what stops a lot of people from feeling the emotion of gratitude. You even, you go into the film 
and discuss new, not necessarily, but the yeah. therapist, she was discussing how her name's Christine too, I believe on how phones. Christine Carter. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And how it's, the phones are affecting us and they dampen our emotions. So if we're having a bad day, we could go to our phone and immediately, you know, and get that serotonin. We're having a good day, though it kind of mutes it. And I wonder with the generation now and for my son, you know, I have a son who's 15. I wonder if we're muting those emotions and stopping them. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's instant gratification. It's a manipulation of our desire to to feel connection, Mm -hmm. you know. But inspiration, wonder, and awe are ways to, I think, pull us out of that addictive cycle. It makes us present. When you become present, I think you can appreciate gratitude even more. It's what every kind of spiritual or religious practice claims to be the goal is to become present, right? Mm -hmm. And when you become present, I think that's when your heart opens and you become compassionate. I mean, all the topics I have in the movie. Things like compassion, forgiveness, love, curiosity, creativity, wonder. I think they all kind of add up to gratitude. And Mm -hmm. gratitude is an umbrella, but they're really interlocked. You can't talk about patience and all these different values and not have it somehow be a a part of gratitude. You know, and I think gratitude kind of touches all of them. But the truth is they're all interconnected. Positive values are all interconnected. And so making a movie was really a challenge because it's a bunch of gears that all interlock. And how do I order it in a certain way to create a narrative? But the umbrella for me was gratitude. I mean, to be able to say thank you. I mean, most deep philosophers and spiritual leaders, when push said, you know, sum up your spiritual belief in one word, thank you. Yes. And giving back to others. I was just going to mention that any teacher that I have had any spiritual teacher has always said the quickest way to enlightenment is to focus on gratitude mm-hmm. um, and to feel gratitude. And as you mentioned, some of the, the monks actually pray for suffering. Yeah. So that they may feel the gratitude. Yeah. Well, so that it opens your heart. Like with Jack Cornfield goes, when he was, you know, studying with the monks, it's like suffering is what opens up your heart and makes you a better and stronger human being. But it goes, but you don't have to pray for it. It will come. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> it shit happens all the time. <laughs> Somebody scratched your car in the parking lot. Are you going to flip out and go to a negative spiral for a couple of days? Or are you going to kind of bounce back quickly and go, well, whatever? Yeah, because life really is short. And when you are faced with a life-threatening illness or a loved one who does yeah. depart, that comes front and center to you. It did for me. So yeah. agree. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to bring you back again. Do you think that animals feel gratitude? Well, I sort of described it that my cellular network does. Yeah. Would you call uh, I a think fungi an, animal, but an I think, animal? Well, I think animals do. If I look at the fact that, you know, mothers nurture their children and there's love there, right? Yeah. Puppies are cute and kittens are cute. They nurture their children as well, right? So I think they're grateful for the care that they were given, and I think they pass it forward. Yeah, it's interesting to think of that. Life would uh, be a better place if we could all acknowledge that. So tell us, Louis, tell us, where can we find a, a screening near us? We would go to gratituderevealed.com? Yes. 
Yeah, we're at least in like 15 or 20 cities right now. We've had the film held over in L.A., San Francisco, and Seattle. And then eventually we'll go to VOD. But right now I really want people to come together and and feel that sense of community Mm -hmm. in real time and face-to-face because we've been, you know, locked up for a while. And I think it's great to reconnect. And I think we need that and feel that we can shift our, not only our consciousness, but our worldview and the world we want to live in. We need to get organized. And you actually you reminded me on the summit on that boat when, yeah. you know, what's his name? He uh, <laughs> became president. The wake up call was we got to get organized. We can't live in our little bubbles. That was the call to action. What are we going to do? And I think a lot of it has been that we've all just sort of like tucked ourselves away in a little comfort bubble and yeah. didn't realize we needed to get connected and have community and and be organized if you want to protect things you love, like democracy and life. A hundred percent. Yeah, I do a lot of work. I've interviewed a lot of politicians and have explored that route. And really, this podcast is about how we can be the change, right? And everything that we're facing, I truly believe is possible to change. Social injustices, climate change, all of it. But it's going to require organizing and community. Politicians certainly aren't going to save us. And we're being asked, I believe, during this time to come together. Yeah, I've been involved in the environmental movement with a lot of messaging for public service announcements. Yeah, And I I need to be candid and say that a lot of it has failed in terms of messaging. Because if you put the facts on the table, it doesn't necessarily change behavior. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is really like, I think, you know, hit the heart with an emotional connection. So you will protect what you love. Like I can't throw away a stack of paper, not because I'm not supposed to, it's because I love trees. So it's an automatic thing, it's a visceral thing. I can't throw away paper. So we gotta get people to feel. That's why I think the thing that we're missing, because you, logically you would, you know, the facts of of climate change and what's going on with, you know, environmental degradation, you would think that the science would be enough to change people's behavior, but it hasn't. That's right. That's right. I spent a lot of time thinking about that as well. I challenge anyone though, to watch one of your films and to not come out with some appreciation for this planet we live on and to want to protect it. I think art is definitely one of the ways that we will get people to move that needle. Right. And we're also hardwired to love. You love your children, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. And if you love the planet, planet's your mother. Let's work on that kind of vibration. And if we do that, then you'll make all the right choices. I mean, with Gratitude Revealed, there's nothing political about it, but I would I could potentially argue it's very political because yeah. if you have the right values, you're going to make the right choices, and therefore you'll probably vote a certain way that wants to protect life. You know, and what right. does that mean? Yeah, that's right. You know, I had the realization for me in watching this film, one of the things I wrote down was that a protest, attending a protest, and there's been numerous ones, is actually an act of gratitude. And it's a gratitude for life and for living and wanting either your life respected or another's life to be honored. It was interesting for me. (laughs) It was like I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, And the protest enables you to feel that there's more of us than we think. Yeah. And that we're not alone. 
So, you know, we want community, we want inspiration, and we want to heal the world. Exactly. And I also want to say that, you know, many people say it's a privilege to be able to feel that way and to be able to worry about that where most people are worried about work and putting meal on the table, et cetera. But I think if you watch this film, that you will see that gratitude comes actually from adversity and from people who are facing those challenges. The most grateful people are those who have the most challenges. Right. Which is the irony. Well, Louis, yeah. thank you. It's been a pleasure to have you here. I think in November, we can go to gratituderevealed.com and you can find a screening near you. Could you host a screening at home? Yes. I think there are a lot of options on the website for hosting okay. you know, a screening at home or at a church or at a school as well. And hopefully by Thanksgiving, we'll make it more available. But right now... It's really wonderful for people to see on a big screen because it is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Visually and the music and the all of it. It's a great experience. And yes. to share that experience in a community environment is really cool. Yes, absolutely. And I believe I was because this podcast lives on forever that in November you will be able to stream it. Yeah. That is coming up and purchase it on demand. But for right now, you know, we can gather and I think I can't think of a better way than to screen this, have a group of people over, maybe even do it outdoors if you can, and really sit in that gratitude and with your family and friends. You can also find Gratitude Revealed on Instagram as well. And I will put in the liner notes, all the social media. Louie, I can't thank you enough. I end with one question and that is... As you mentioned, we all have our challenges, and I know that you have had yours, but what keeps you getting up and being the change? Well, I set up a time-lapse shot. I've been you know, rolling almost 40 years nonstop. I'm curious to wake up in the morning and see, is it in frame? Did it open up? And then I go to the garden, and I, I'm a slave to listening to their needs. Like, do they need water? Do they need a little more soil? Are they getting crowded? I mean, they are the ones that are eating energy, sunlight energy. And when I do that, then it puts me in sync with life's flow. And by nurturing a little plant, now you might be nurturing your child, your 15-year-old son, that's a bigger deal. But it's all the same thing. I'm trying to nourish life. That's what I want to do. And that gets me up in the morning. Ah, that's beautiful. That just living in life's flow. Thank you. It brings tears to my eyes. Thank you, Louie, and thank you for being the change. Thanks to Christine. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and are inspired. We grow with supporters and listeners like you. So please share this podcast with your community and follow us on Instagram at bethechange.nyc. And to learn more about our guests and what you can do to be the change, go to our website at www.bethechange.nyc. That's be the change.nyc. Thank you and be well.